Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It's uh, mid-November. Uh, we're back in the studio. Uh, my name is Mitch. We've got uh, Yilma. Hey, everybody. We've got Aldo. Hey, everybody. And uh, we're back here recording uh, after our trip to Texas. Yeah, the snow is a fun fl- trip. Oh, it was such a fun trip. The snow is flying here, and oh, yeah. I wish we were back in the south. Oh my God, I know. Texas coast, baby. I know. It's like as soon as we got back, it was like a winter wonderland. Hmm. I wasn't there. Yeah, Yelma didn't come mm-hmm. um, on this trip, which is uh, a bummer because it was a good one. It was a really good one. Mm. We I'm got sorry, to uh, finally fish redfish for the first time. It was sick. Bucket list for yeah, from like oh my God, yeah, bucket list species for me for sure. It's all same man. Yeah. Oh, Yelma, you would have, you would have loved it. You would have loved it. It was oh. cool. I mean, we'll go back for sure because Texas, yeah. the red fishing is amazing, and then all the way along the coast there is really, really good. We actually um, got invited on this trip by uh, a fan of the show, someone that listened to the show, mm-hmm. Matt Dodson, and mm-hmm. he heard he heard me say that I wanted to catch a redfish one day when he was in Texas, and he's like, oh, we got to have these guys down, mm-hmm. and that's actually how it all mm-hmm. came to happen. Yeah, Matt is, um, first of all, he's awesome dude, <clears throat> but uh, he's a guide uh, uh, and is based out of Ennis, Montana, actually, yeah. um, but he's uh, originally from Texas and uh, spends his Novembers um, guiding for redfish. Yeah. Yeah. So he trades in the drift boat for a flats boat and and operates out of Blue Lagoon Lodge, which is where we stayed. Yeah, you would have loved him, Yama. He was a super cool dude. Oh. Well, Matt, um, next time. Yeah, and we're gonna and go Joe. fishing and Joe too. Joe is fucking sweet too. Joe owns Blue Lagoon Lodge and uh right. and had had us down there for the for the weekend we were there and, and hosted us in his house. Mm-hmm. Um but you'd love both those guys and we'll we'll definitely get to meet him. You'll get to meet him for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I want to go back there for sure. Well, but. you guys FaceTimed me, and he said hi to me, and I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I FaceTimed Yilma from... Mitch and I were, were sharing a boat one day, and we FaceTimed Yilma from the flat. The marsh? The marsh. Yeah, marsh. the marsh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it was cool because the landscape down there was, like, so foreign and different from what we're used to here, obviously. Um, it was crazy. The wildlife we saw, we saw dolphins. In my first... Like, jumping out of the water. Yeah, the first day, I wasn't expecting that. No. I just... I got on the I got on the boat. We trailered the boat, put the boat in. You know, Joe put it into gear. I was with Joel, a photographer. And the and they and they and they start pointing at things I can't hear them over the motor. And I'm like, what? And they're like, dolphins. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it was crazy, man. I remember, yeah, going out on the water, and then it's like, oh, there's one, and then you just see little groups of them as you go out. Yeah. But it's like the salt water there isn't like tropic salt water, right? It's like Texas kind of like bays just before the gulf right it was cool man it was really cool the wildlife was nuts rays so um, many rays yeah it was neat it was really neat wow. and my first time um being pulled on a i've been on yeah a, i've been on a flats boat but uh those were pulled. sweet flats bo- dude flat, flat, so sick like yeah they were sick yeah, yeah. so perfect for oh fishing obviously amazing for fly fishing you just stand on that deck and launch casts as, mm. you know, Matt or Joe would just like pull on this platform on the back of the skiff and say like, catch fish. yeah, like 12 o'clock, 60 feet, you make a cast and you see the fish and oh man, yeah. it was crazy. It was awesome. And we had um, Chloe from Montana on mm-hmm. the trip as well. And mm-hmm. we had Joel as well join us, a photographer. And uh, they came along to shoot some pics and have some fun. And it was awesome to have them join us. Chloe destroyed. <clears throat> yeah. She caught a ton of fish. She caught a ton of fish. Mm. Yeah. Really cool pictures. And they both took amazing pictures joel caught some you fished with joel the second day right yeah yeah and he, he got into some fish oh man we were all just we all caught like a ton of fish i mean all my, in eight, eight weights sorry yeah know. all in eight weight um yeah eight eight nine yeah. i was i was using my loop booster um we just had, yeah it was 
it was so cool, man. I mean, like my thing was like, I want to go down and I want to just catch one fish. If I can hold one red fish, I'm going to be so jazzed. You hope. Oh man. <laughs> Tons, dozens, dozens of fish. Ama- amazing amounts of fish. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, it was super cool. I, I get that the Texas fish aren't as large as Louisiana. And we found out yeah. it's because Louisiana is closer to the Gulf. So the, the bulls, like a habitat. but we saw, we saw some of the bigger bulls come in, especially on the first day when I was with Joe, we saw a bunch of, a bunch of the bulls and they're big, big fish. Yeah. yeah. I, I cast to some big fish. Oh yeah. And I lost a big fish. Big daddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gnarly man. But I mean like the fish we were catching were like, you know, I would say what, 22, yeah. 20 inch to 30 yeah. inch, you know, fish like these, yeah. were, these were awesome fish. Really nice fish. Yeah. And it's so all healthy, sight, healthy fish. They yeah. look healthy. All sight fishing and you see the take and they're angry and yeah, yeah it's cool, man. It mm-hmm. was really fun. Um, and then, yeah, basically it's, um, we recorded a show when we were down there um, with uh, Matt and Chloe and Joe and Aldo. I wasn't on the show because uh, the trip was, it was actually Aldo said, this is, he's like <laughs> on Sunday or something like that. You're like, or Monday, you're like, Mitch, I think this was like the most successful fishing trip you and I have ever done. And I'm like, I think you're right. And then I just got like <laughs> nuked by uh, some kind of virus and I just puked and just like, just was in the bathroom. Oh my God. I was, it was, it was- whack can i say yeah can i talk about it yeah yeah so we're <laughs> so we're, uh matt has got us this uh reservation at this awesome little restaurant called glow it's it's right on the water it's this beautiful like little seafood um restaurant really shack cool in like an in an old it was a oh, i was a bait shop or no a boat shop it was a boat it was a boat it was a boat shop yeah so it was all like reclaimed wood and stuff it was really beautiful on the inside mm-hmm. And we're all really excited. Mitch sits down beside me, and his face lo- is the color of a, a tomato. <laughs> yeah, like like actually, definitely got that bright red. I was like, I was like, oh my. And then you're like, I'm not feeling so good. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I might have heat I stroke. Totally right? I totally thought I had heat stroke. I thought you had heat stroke. 100%. But your color, or whatever. And my stomach was just kind of queasy. I was like, it's just I've had this before. I'm like, it's this heat stroke. I'll be fine. Like I'll, I'll just, just punch through dinner. I was like, smoke, smoke yeah. some water, and then yeah. we'll, we'll I'll get okay. a cocktail in an hour, and I'll just be like back on top. Yeah. So I wasn't too concerned, but then you went to the bathroom and you came back and your face was now the color of uh, my white iPhone. Yeah. So lost all color in his face. Oh man. And he's like, I have to leave. (laughs) It was at that moment when I was in the bathroom and I was just like, my, my stomach, like my body just basically unfolded. And I was just like, I, this is not good. I'm like actually sick in Texas. I'm like, and we're leaving like that night basically. Yeah. Right? Our plan was basically to, cause our, our flight was at five in the morning. Yeah. We, our, our, our plan was just to drink until three and yeah. go to the airport. Yeah. Straight up. Um, and, uh, I felt so bad for you, Mitchie. Cause sucks, it was so, I, like, I can't say enough. Yeah. It was such a good trip. And it was, it really was. Yeah. But I don't know what it was perfect right up. Like it was perfect. And I'm really glad everybody else. Cause I, I don't know what it was. It was a virus. Maybe I had like a bad rap or something. I don't know, but I'm glad everybody else was fine because mm-hmm. it was terrible and it was a great trip, but I yeah. wasn't on the podcast that night. Cause we went back to the, to the lodge and everybody <laughs> did the podcast and I just went and just died in the washroom for like the whole night. Yeah. Thank you. Do we have sound bites? God, no, I cannot relive that <laughs> misery. Honestly, I had to pause a couple times cause it was violent. Yeah. Like, it was whack. Like what happened to Mitch? I don't, I don't, I don't want it to happen. I to want this to happen to anybody, not even like my worst enemy. I was like, thinking that while I was in I was the like, yeah. I was just listening to poor Mitchie, oh, and man. I was just like, "Oh my god, he is getting rocked." Like right no here. joke, it was probably the worst stomach thing I've ever had in my life. I was like, "This, how does this happen now?" I, the weirdest thing was I was going, I went down with a cold, and I was like, 
man, if I get like the flu on this on a trip, that would be the worst thing ever. And I thought that on the flight down, and then <laughs> I got bombed. I was like, honestly, Jesus. like everything was like ridiculous smooth sailing. It was, it was so like good. we got to the airport in Toronto. Yeah, like the breakfast was good. Joel, yeah. me, and Mitch like to be neurotically early for for yeah. flights, so yeah. we were all there like three hours before. Yeah. Everything was like so chill. perfect. Yeah. The flights were so smooth, on time, early. Met Matt in Texas. Awesome guy. Got barbecue. Got amazing. Which is delicious. No lost luggage. No lost, nothing. <laughs> no, no, we no, didn't check any luggage this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> went to the lodge, like got Chloe, met Chloe for the first time, went to the lodge. Everything was amazing. The place was sick. Oh, we get there. It's just yeah. like, it's Boat's so amazing. nice. Joe shows up. He's yeah. He owns and we're hosting. the. And he's super cool. And he's super cool. And, and we he, all get along right He walks away. in with a case of beer and some yeah. tequila and some we're snacks. Like, yes. And we're just like, this could be great. It's all this, yeah. this trip is, is gonna be great. And then everything was perfect. smooth. The weather was great. The, the food, fishing was amazing. The f- everything was perfect. Everybody got along. We yeah. had a ch- we all had an opportunity to fish with one another. Like the first day I fished with Joel. Yep. The second day I fished with Chloe. The third day I fished with Mitchie. Executed really, really like, well. Re- it just was like I mean to your point, it really was one of the best. One of the smoothest it was really good trips we had yeah successful yeah like it couldn't have gone better mm-hmm. until i fucking like, <laughs> <laughs> but that was just me and it was a great trip and i'm and again thank you to joe thank you for matt for your hospitality and taking care of me thanks to chloe for listening to me die and all though and joel and um, we just felt bad for you man like it's tr- tr- truthfully I honestly like i I, I, I was like there's nothing i can do and it's driving me insane yeah although text me texted me that that day yeah. before he was going on the flight and it was through text and I could feel the sadness. Oh man, I know. Or the worry or the care. Well, it, thank you for for fucking taking care of me and changing my flight and all that stuff. It was great help because it was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> but, it, but it was, I don't want it to shine a bad trip on the uh, light on the trip because it was a sick trip and the podcast you guys recorded is really good. I've listened to it. Um, we're going to play it now. It's a great cool. show. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me yeah. Step in as host, Mitchie. Yeah, uh, Chloe and you. Second time. Hosted, basically, Joel and Matt, mm-hmm. and you guys talked about the trip. And yeah, we talked about the trip and a little bit about Texas, because obviously yeah. where they were, um, Joel, Joe had to rebuild the lodge because of uh, the, hur- you know, the hurricane yeah. that went through the area in two, two years ago mm-hmm. and basically devastated that. It was like something like, the you know how they're like, oh, the eye of the storm is oddly cod. Mm-hmm. calm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, apparently the eye of the storm of this storm had like, Tornadoes. tornadoes inside of it Holy so it's like yeah. here's a hurricane just kidding here's 15 tornadoes on top of yeah. a hurricane i can't wait really. to hear about this i mean like i'm yeah. sure it did something positive or negative for the wildlife right like well i, it, I, I mean sure. it, yeah. it i mean it, it bounces it, back right yeah. succession nature finds a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um but, so but did, also the, so did joe <laughs> but so did, so did joe community, joe so. joe's, yeah. a, joe's a strong-willed dude oh yeah mm-hmm. and i'm glad they did because to his point yeah we probably wouldn't have gone down if it wasn't for the rebuild and and all that. So thanks, Joe, for awesome. I will, I, one little through. quick note. Yeah, yeah. Rockport is beautiful. Yeah, like, Rockport's great. You fly into Corpus Christi, and we were lucky to have Matt pick us up, but you could rent a car not and, far. And, and drive to Rockport within half an hour. Yeah. Um, the drive is nice. It's along the coast. It's a, you know, Rockport's like, you call it like a little vacation town. Yeah. It's on the ocean. Like, yeah. Beautiful. Really nice. Palm trees, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look, a lot of a lot of people enjoying the outdoors for sure. Oh yeah, hunters, a lot of hun- 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 hundreds, uh, hunters and anglers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Oh, and Joe uh, talks about a pig we saw in this episode, and uh, yeah, it was it was you saw it, I didn't. Yeah, Joe and me and Joel saw this thing, and yeah, it was huge. It was so crazy to see that thing, like a like a wild like a wild, like a wild hog. Bull. Yeah, it was huge. It was okay. huge. It was like the size of that cardboard. It was like a fridge on its side. It was crazy, man. Oh, anyway, and you saw a gator. 
in the same place. Right on. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of sweating. I was like, man, we're going to, I was thinking about you because I was like, man, Yilma would not be happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the podcast um, from uh, our trip down in Texas and um, thanks for listening. All right, we're going to take a quick second here to talk about uh, something really special in uh, downtown Toronto, a slice of heaven, if you will. Um, it's packed full of fly fishing gear, tying materials, clothing, hats, bags, and more. Uh, Drift Outfitters Fly Shop at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto, Ontario is our SoFly official fly shop. Rob and the guys down at the shop have you covered for all your fly fishy needs, whether that means uh, taking a trip to Northern Ontario or instead heading on a massive journey to the heart of Africa to fish tiger fish on the Zambezi. Drift Outfitters has got you covered. Stop by the shop at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto or visit them online at driftoutfitters.com to take advantage of their online store and free shipping on Canadian orders over a hundred bucks. Uh, hello and welcome to a very special episode of SoFly on Location. I am sitting in the, I would say, this is the dining room, Joe? Yep. Say this is the dining room? Dining room? Yeah, I'm sitting in the dining room of Blue Lagoon Lodge in Rockport, Texas. Um, we've just finished an amazing, um, weekend of, uh, of fishing for redfish down here in Texas. Um, it is, what is it? It is November 4th. Uh, this episode is going to come out November 15th. Um, it's fall back in Ontario, but uh, we're down here in Texas in the sunshine. I've got some very special guests with me today. I've got Chloe Nostrant from Montana. Of course, we remember her from the Montana episode about almost exactly a year ago, right? Yeah, just about. Almost that's, to the day. That's awesome. I've got Matt Dodson here from, uh, well, he's originally from Texas, but uh, he guides up in Ennis, Montana. So Yeah, real tight. Roll Tide. And then uh, he, Matt's been one of our hosts and been guiding us on the boats and uh, actually was the original contact. So That's right. Thanks for uh, reaching out, Matt. That's yeah, awesome. Mitch said something um, <clears throat> in an episode last year um, while I was down here in Rockport saying how he really wanted to catch a redfish. And I was like, dude, I'll need to come down to Rockport, make it happen. And uh, we've just been in contact and super happy you guys were able to come down. Oh man, us too. Like yeah. it's, it's awesome. Um, and of course we got Joe. Joe uh, owns Blue Lagoon Lodge, right? Yeah. That's you, Joe. That's me. <laughs> um, Super stoked you guys made it out. By yeah, the way, no, this thanks. has been a lot of fun. Oh, awesome! Really yeah. had a good time. Thanks for having us, Thank man. You this so place much. is this place is rad. Uh, so I guess we'll just like you know kind of go over our weekend and stuff. But maybe yeah. if we could, uh, hey, Joe, maybe you want to like tell people a little bit about. Uh, where we are right now and why we're why you chose Rockport and uh, are you from Rockport? No, I'm definitely not from Rockport. I was born in Miami, Florida and then grew up all over the place. Dad was in the military, spent most of my upbringing in uh, Texas, South Texas and um, found my way to Rockport by total chance, uh, split time between here and Austin. A good friend of mine has a house um, in town here and I used to fish Port O'Connor a lot when I was first you know growing my passion for the texas coast and the fisheries and um i fish a lot in port aransas fish a lot south of there and then fish a lot in port o'connor but had no idea what rockport was or you know why this place is so special and long story short spent some time one weekend in port o'connor didn't have a very productive outing there and one of the guys in the group said well hey i've got a house in rockport why don't you come with me we'll go down there let's take your skiff down and We'll go and monkey around, see if we can, you know, explore some new water. We did. Fast forward, um, had some great, great memories here, and then 
decided that I wanted to have a house here. Um, so spent my life savings on it and then hurricane happened five months later and oh, uh, now we've got a renovated lodge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a whirlwind for sure. So you owned it pre hurricane Harvey and renovated post hurricane Harvey, right? Yeah. bought yeah. the house uh, about five months prior to the hurricane. Yeah. Great timing. Yeah. Great timing. <laughs> yeah. Great timing. Great and then, Matt, you're originally from Texas. That's right. That's I grew right. up in Texas. Um, you know, we came down here, Port Aransas area, for beach vacations, and um, but grew up fly fishing in Montana. Um, that's just where my family just, that's, that's just where fly fishing was. You know, uh, in Texas, we did everything else. Um, so I moved there in 10 years ago. Um, been guiding trout fishing up there and as i got more and more into saltwater fishing on my free time i realized that um what an incredible opportunity i had back in my home state right and uh it's fantastic i love uh being in texas again i feel like a texan again um family's close by that's all what does that mean to feel like a texan again well it's uh i remember when i was 18 um all i wanted to do was leave texas and i think most people go through this, but the older you get, the more maybe home means to you. And um, the more I kind of embraced uh, my Texas roots and where I grew up. And this state is uh, huge in a lot of ways. And, and uh, from one end to the other, it offers a ton of amazing outdoor uh, fishing and hunting opportunities. Yeah, and, seriously. Um, you know, the coast down here is super unique. It's great. That's awesome. And how, Joe and Matt, how do you guys meet? Uh, we met through a mutual friend when I first came down here, um, fished together um, over a year ago and um, kind of hit it off and, you know, um, just enjoy fishing with one another. Yeah. And yeah. That's, so that's, you've been guiding for Joe and trying to get uh, everything going on down here yeah you know i i run um my own independent operation and then joe has a really great thing going down um here with hosting groups that come down from all over and um he's nice enough to call me uh when he needs guides and and i'm quick to say yes absolutely plus you guys have some pretty sweet boats yeah we got some rad (laughs) gifts yeah some rad (laughs) gifts so yeah for people trying to picture here uh what the house here how many people can it sleep joe like i mean like there are six of us staying here now which is like very comfy but you have like an apartment downstairs and you have like the main floor and and yeah it's it's quite comfortable yeah yeah i think it depends on if there's couples and and whatnot right because some of the bedrooms have um king or queen beds you know so if there's people that are bunking up together comfortable bunking up together in one bed we can accommodate a lot more but i think six is really kind of our sweet spot um you know i think that's very comfortable and there's still space for guides to stay and stuff like that so yeah and there's also like boat configuration right like there's yeah. generally speaking you're putting you're putting three people on those boats right mm-hmm. two anglers and a guide yep. so yeah it's quite yep. comfy it's awesome I mean, yep the I largest th- groups that we've done are um i'm trying to think in the spring we had a group of 10 anglers that came out yes so we ran five guide boats and um that was a lot of fun. We ended mm. up using two adjacent houses. I've got great relationships with some of the neighbors here that um, allow us to use their homes um, during you know peak events like that, and that worked out really well. That's so, pretty sweet. 
so we can accommodate lar- larger groups and um you know there fortunately there's enough water to where people can spread out you know that event was special because each of the guides that guided kind of has their own little you know i'll say their 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 niche that they're used to fishing right and there was some overlap but not a ton right so everybody yeah. could put anglers on very different areas of the texas coastline and they got to experience like totally different uh habitat the whole the whole time they're here is really cool cool i think it's like something yeah. important to note that i think matt you mentioned this today it was like the proximity to the fishing right like i think like you wake up here i think the longest drive we had was like what maybe half an hour but yeah not really and you can leave most. and fish like right yeah. pretty much behind the pretty much behind the house i mean you can yeah. literally yeah. fish behind the house because chloe stuck a sea trout <laughs> that's right while drinking a beer the yeah. other night pretty sweet I did. by the way yeah, thanks uh <laughs> and uh but uh but you can fish close to the house like i think our longest commute right. was probably half an hour and then we were fishing within what the hour kind yeah of? we've got a lot of great um a lot of access points um and a big factor in where we choose to fish is the wind it's right. a huge um focus for us and um the amount of boat launches around the area boat ramps around the area uh, really allows us to kind of tailor our day of fishing um so number one we were we're protected um, a little bit from the wind as much as possible and we don't um, beat the crap out of our anglers on the boat ride that's you know right um, those skiffs do a couple things really well and uh, most of them, especially down here with the shallow water that, that we have to pull through, mm-hmm. um, they tend to be a little rougher ride in, in that heavy chop. And we can get some real heavy chop. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah which is rad cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's maybe like talk about the trip because yeah, like this yeah. was like the best, <clears throat> fuck, like I think probably my best. Oh, I don't know. I had a pretty good year though. But, um, yeah, dang. But this might be the, this was like exactly what I pictured in my mind in terms of like what I've, you know, you, I've read, you know, we all read magazines, we all look at content and stuff. And like, this was like exactly what I thought red fishing was going to be like, maybe even better. Like, you know, it was like the sun was hot, the grass was red, there was like marshes and it was just like, it was awesome. Um, Chloe, first time in Texas? Yeah, it is. And? Mm -hmm. Um, it blew the expectations out of the water. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was great. I think uh, I didn't really know what to expect, and I was a little nervous, but it was incredible. Um, maybe, like, talk to you, like, day one. What happened? You got up on Friday. You packed. You... Yeah, went to the airport oh, in the you, snow. Where do you work? Just to oh, refresh um, I work at the Yellowstone Angler in Livingston, Montana. That's pretty cool. And you guide, Matt, you guide in Ennis, which is not far from Yeah, me. we live, like, an hour and change from yeah. But you each never other. met before. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's great. That's awesome. Neat. New so contacts. You, new contacts. Great. Yeah. So, Chloe, you wake up. Mm-hmm. You text us. You're like, I'm going to the airport. We're yep. already in the air. Uh, Mitch and I left Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you get here. We're all waiting for you. Joel, our photographer, is with us. And, like, what was that first day like? You woke up in Texas. We got the boats ready. What happened? Well, it was great because I also left like 10 degrees and snowing in Montana. Mm. And so it's really nice to come here and be warm. Um, I was super nervous. Um, I don't cast like heavier rods a lot. And so I was nervous about casting. I was nervous about 
seeing things. I was nervous about a lot of things. <laughs> um, but I think once we landed the first fish, that like really went down. The nerves calmed down a lot. That was my first time on a skiff too. Really my first time saltwater fishing, so it was really neat. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> this was your first saltwater trip? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah, oh, I didn't know not that. a bad one. You did really well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time solar fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, just trying to like figure everything out and figure out how um, how casting and sighting worked. And Matt did a great job, and so did Joe, Thanks. explaining where fish were um, and seeing them, and then. Um, you can see fish too, though. Oh, thanks. Not everybody can see fish. <laughs> yes, you can. See you can. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and once you get the first fish, and I didn't trout set on it, that was like, oh, fuck, thank God. <laughs> like, honestly, I did trout set on like the last one of the You do trip. musky fish a lot, though. I do, but I've like sort of caught one musky. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I trout set on a lot of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just. It was incredible. The fish fight really well, and um, and it's a beautiful scene too. So the whole thing, being able to see all of it happen right in front of you, yeah. is incredible. It's like a little nerve wracking, but really yeah. fun. Um, the, yeah, the first day I was with Joe, Joel, and uh, it was crazy, man. Like we got on the boats, and I was just like, I've been on a flats boat in Florida before, uh, maybe not the most advanced of skiffs, you know? And then when you hit, like, when you put it in gear, I was just like, this is exactly. <laughs> Actually, I think Joel said that after we, like, got to the flat, he turned around and he's like, well, that's exactly as much fun as I thought it was going to be. We started peeling off across the, where were we, Joe, like that first day? What was it? What was that uh, re- area called? I think called? we ran the Aransas Channel that morning, okay, yeah. right? And Which we is, saw dolphins, and there was, you that know. That was the first thing. You guys were spotting dolphins, and I couldn't see them, and I was like, I felt crazy. I was just, <laughs> you're like, they're everywhere. Like, I can't see. <laughs> what? And then I started seeing porpoising dolphins, and I was like, I wasn't expecting to see porpoising dolphins on the first day in Texas, or in Texas at all. <laughs> And like you said, you're running the Port Aransas Channel, so you've got these, like, it's really crazy, like, it just juxtaposition of, like, humanity, man, ver- like, and, and nature kind of thing, because you've got these three, uh, I guess you could say decommissioned oil rigs, right? Mm-hmm. And you're running this channel, and th- that's the background, and then all of a sudden there's these porpoising dolphins and, and birds everywhere. Oh, yeah, and it was the start of ducks hunting season. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Might've got flies shot at. It dies. <laughs> flies and yeah. dies. So there's like fan boats running. <laughs> it's like fan boat. Fun havers. Fun having fan boat <laughs> people. Right. Uh, tower boats running. There's like shotgun blasts going off as we pulled into the first bay. And I'm just like, this is all quite surreal. <laughs> I think I stuck my, fi- the first fish I caught. I was reeling it in, and that guy was massacring some ducks. <laughs> I'll never forget that moment because that's a first for me, and it might be the only time it ever happens. But I remember you sticking your first redfish, and I looked up and saw a duck falling out of the sky. I've never seen that before. <laughs> I was like, okay, roll tide, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. Yeah, but that was the first day. Roll the first tide. day, the first day was um, we had just um, come off a cold front, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like we would talk about a little bit like what does that do to the fishing? Like what is a cold front bad? Is it good? Is it? Um, You get, you know, uh, barometric pressure changes and um, wind direction changes and 
the water level changes and the water salinity changes that come with, I mean, there's just everything changes with the strong Northern. Like we had that right. day where, you know, we were getting, uh, 40 knot winds the day before you guys got here, which is, you know, that's pretty intense. Right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that does a lot to the fishery. It changes every dynamic that we think about every day we go out on the water. Right. And, um, the good part about what happened right before y'all got here was that, you know, we were dealing with flood tide conditions, um, that we've had for a little bit of time now that have, um, <laughs> that kind of drive any of us guides out here crazy, um, gives the fish a lot more area to kind of scatter. And, um, you know, that Northern really knocked the water levels down a lot. And okay. it also sent them into sort of that, you know, fall feeding frenzy, you know, you, mm-hmm there's always been this, uh, this, uh, rule of thumb that as long as I've fished the Texas coast that, you know, you start to get that first, second, third cold front in the fall. And, um, that really kicks the fish into gear to feed. And I don't know whether or not they're feeding because they think that, you know, (laughs) winter hibernation's right around the corner and they've got to go to deep water at that point or what. But, um, you know, it, it puts the fish into a different behavioral mode than they've been in all summertime. And that's what people come here for from all around the world. They want to experience fall fishing. Okay. Um, it's very unique. And, um, would you say this is the, the like more, more ideal time to come down here? It's, it's in my opinion, or one peak of the season, I guess I should this say. is a peak season. I, I really like, um, late spring as well for a number of reasons, but I think that, um, yeah, I mean, right now it's, it's hard to beat and you guys got it at its peak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we got pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. So yeah, day one, like it was kind of cool. Cause like, uh, we, you know, we were having two boats. We definitely fished. I mean, we launched at the same place. Actually, we first didn't. day we first split day up. We split up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the wind, wind was howling pretty good out of the North. Yeah. Um, and the tide dropped out. So that kind of reduces the choices of uh areas to, to fish and and we joe and i each have you know our spots on those certain conditions and it can be tough fishing on a after a big norther yeah so um so where did you guys fish yeah we you? went north mm-hmm. um north of rockport um launched out of goose island and fished up there goose island um, there's some nice uh big oak tr- uh shorelines treed shorelines and we were fortunate to be able to hide a little bit from that mm. wind because it was pretty stout. Okay. Soon, I remember we came out of the bulkhead out of the boat ramp, and um, as soon as I gave it a little gas, I just drenched Mitch. Yeah. And it, like, just <laughs> all right in the face. I like look down at him. He's like a drowned rat. I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. And it's kind of cold, you know. It was cold that yeah, first day. It was, it was cold. We were, I was wearing my bibs and Gore-Tex and yeah, head to I toe. Was, you know? uh, I was bundled up for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, it was kind of cool, you know, like I really enjoyed, it was neat splitting up and seeing every, like the two different experiences mm-hmm. of the day and then being able to come back here in such a cozy environment, and, like just talking it over and chatting and stuff. And yeah, it was pretty cold the first day with Joe and Joel and we were seeing a ton of fish, right Joe? A ton of big fish. There was a lot of fish. Um, I wish they were a little more aggressive that day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't eat, but we saw a lot. We saw a lot of fit. I mean, like, but I you saw... you made it work. You made it work. You know, you persevered. Yeah, uh, I thought it was cool too. Like I saw so, like the spoonbill, pink bird, <clears throat> roseate spoonbill. That's pretty cool. My favorite bird. Tons of 
tons of rays and stuff. It's just such a lively ecosystem. So yeah, that was cool. Day one was like cold, slower for you, Chloe. Yeah, a little bit slower. I mean, compared to the second day. <laughs> yeah, the second day was like magic. Yeah, we we still put um, I don't know a dozen fish. In yeah, there. yeah, we still had a it ton was, of fish. It was good. So it was great. Jesus Christ, I had yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe, uh, I think was top rod this easily. <sighs> Yeah, that's, that's a true. big. That's a big assumption. Yeah. Oh, I don't she know. I don't she put I, on a clinic. Yeah, she did. Put on a clinic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't I know what you're nervous that. about because fuck. <laughs> yeah. I think it's your new thing. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. 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 Like, I think next, the redfish yeah. like you, Chloe. Texas likes you. That's, yeah. It's just like yeah. that Lyle Lovett song. <laughs> Texas wants me anyway. That's right. <laughs> Roll tide. <laughs> yeah. Roll tide. So at the end of at the end of the day, when I did something cool. But then I found out Chloe did it anyway. It was I caught a flounder on the fly, which was a first for you, right? Jim? That was that. Well, it was definitely a first for me. It wasn't Same. the first, but it was. Um, I mean, that was just a really cool eat, and it was a it was a nice flounder. That was a really cool fish. It was in, it was in yeah. the slot size, so we ate it. That sure night. tasted good. It sure tasted yeah. mm-hmm. great. Delicious. Which thanks for so good. Thanks for the barbecue assist. Welcome. Chloe, what happened that night? Though. Well, um, during the day, I foul hooked a flounder, which is a new thing. Yeah, it counts. Yeah. And then um, I was informed that the only thing left to do was to catch a trout. And then that was a Texas slam. So I caught a trout that night on Woo! the dock lights. <laughs> yeah. So Joe's got out back here. He's got the, what is that? Like the little channel? Yeah. It's, uh, we're on a canal and okay, um, right, right. a couple underwater lights, which draw in the bait, which draw in... The bigger predatory fish and Chloe yeah. made friends with some trout that night. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that was Texas awesome. slam. And, and then I got a the Texas first, slam. And that was the first day, which yeah. was amazing. Incredible. Um, and then we woke up the next day. I guess we had a later start just to avoid the duck hunters. kind of Right. Thing. Yeah, we, we opted to fish a little later. Right. Uh, in, Typically, in what are you fishing a day? Um, you know, if we can, leave just after first light. Um, and then fish till 3, 3.30 or something like that. Right, right. It's a long day on the bow, as you've, you know. It's a good day on the bow, yeah. though. Yeah. You know. I felt great being on the bow, by the yeah. way. Like, that's a great feeling. Yeah. You got like, yeah, I don't it's know. It's a good it's tired like, at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's just like my feet feel different yeah. on the bow. <laughs> I can't quite put my, you know what I mean? It's like, a nice I'm, place to be. You're in socks. The sun's shining. Well, like urine socks. Urine socks. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is in normal stuff. <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong with socks? Or bare Nothing. feet? Well, y- y'all's arms probably felt a little different, too, because it's not normal that people catch that many fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little if, bit about day two, because day two was a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, so we woke up. Uh, Chloe and I were actually on the same boat with Matt that day. Yep. And what area were we fishing that day? Um, so we Without launched, I launched out of the same, uh, place, um, as we did the first day mm-hmm. okay. and we started the day in sort of some of the same type of water. Right. I guess I should mention the first day when I was with Joe, we were, we were in like thick mangroves yeah. and there were like oyster beds and, uh, and, and the water was quite stained. I would say that's safe to say, Joe. Certain areas were stained. Um, we were fishing some mud, and then other areas were, uh, you know, grass, clear water, all that. But it's so cool, like going through all those little channels and stuff. And every corner you turned, you're like, "Oh shit, there's a fish here." It yeah. seemed anyway. Yeah. yeah. So the second day we roll up on. So yeah, we were up north where it tends. It's a little more um, uh, marshy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a 
several freshwater creeks that dump into that bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we fished there while the north wind uh, was still blowing, and and yesterday it it turned started to turn to the east a little bit, uh, which made some stuff over in the back lakes on the near the barrier islands on the barrier islands um, mm-hmm. more fishable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we headed out there and I think, I mean, from, from the first, mm-hmm. uh, first fish we saw, which w- actually ended up being like 12 fish. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like crawling over each other, you know, tailing a little bit. It was awesome. Um, that was, there that were was birds like, like with them, yeah, like e- yeah. everything was happening there. Chloe was able to put one right in them and boom, first cast, first fish. And that just kind started of our day of the day. Yeah. yeah. We, um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was awesome. Like, that was the yeah. first tailing fish I'd, saw, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. seen. And it's so cool seeing that little mm-hmm. black dot. Yeah. On their tail. Yeah. Like, you're Just like, waving oh, like man. a flag. Like, that gets your heart pounding. Yeah, yeah I think everywhere we went, um, we were in fish. Yep. And pretty agreeable fish. Matt, you even got to get out and wait. Yeah, I got out and went 30 yards from the boat. and. Yeah, well, me and Chloe were having stuck a little fish. Beer. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. That's always a bonus. Yeah, day two went off. Yeah. Safe yeah. to say? It really For did. For sure. Um, Joe, you saw a gator and a boar that day? Yeah, we started the morning in a cove with um, a gator that was probably the better part of 12 or 13 feet long. Um, just... You know, in a real elusive way, he would sit there and look at us for a little while and then disappear and sit there and look at us in a different spot and then disappear. And I think, you know, it was it was fun because I think Mitch and Joel just were kind of on edge a little bit and it it kept them on their toes. But, you know, to see the gator working and finally realize, oh, there was actually a bird in there that he was preying on. Right. Um, Not us, thankfully. Uh, And then, you know, we saw this this wild hog that was in there that to me was the better part of as big as any um bear that i ever saw in colorado crazy and the guys were just i should have seen that it was insane i mean this is this was a big male hog that um was moving literally moving large trees and shrubs as he was moving through them and i think mitch described it as a fridge on its side for sure <laughs> i mean and just to see wildlife like that when you're in an area that you know just feels so remote um you know it's special and uh, i think the guys really enjoyed that and that started the day off and you know we started on high alert because of that and then the fish followed and it just didn't stop it was it was awesome just like y'all's outing i mean really happy agreeable fish that day big like, time I, I i i mean he talk about numbers but jesus christ i think we like boated like a lot a, a lot fish. yeah it was silly uh, it was silly it was silly like chloe didn't miss chloe didn't yeah yeah bad I mean, she might have had to throw like two casts at a fish here or there but like the Every- fish that she targeted Got to the boat. Yeah. It got to the point where Chloe and I were trading every third fish. Yeah. Because every mm-hmm. second fish was too quick. Right. Yeah. You cool. got a big one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, real big. Real big. That was a good fish. <laughs> big. It was also just nice getting a fish with you again, Chloe. That was, that yeah, was, was great. That was, that was super fun. Trout and redfish. Trout and, and redfish. Red <laughs> a year apart. That yeah. was super fun. Yeah. I think that day for me was really cool because of 
I was in a completely different environment than the first day, which mm-hmm. was like, yeah. would you say that was like more, well, I mean, we're off the mangroves. Totally different environment. Yeah. To- uh, they fish very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just depending on the conditions, one might fish way better than the other. And, and they're totally different, which is cool. You guys got to see that and experience that. Yeah. And you're saying two days off of a cold front is usually kind of ma- like, it's pretty magic or you found in your experience anyway. Yeah. Down here, yeah. 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 yeah, and it seems like there's an equilibrium that is met, you know, that that, that it finds, I guess, that, that second day. That second day, everything. You know, that first just... day we, we fished, well, it's the first day after the cold front, and it was still the wind was up and volatile and it was cold. We had good fishing, um, but, you know, we had to work for it mm-hmm. for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, But then that next day was like just that happy medium, you know. Mm-hmm. I think day two was really cool because we saw so many visual aids. I think, you know what I love is watching them. I mean, I guess this goes for any fish is mm-hmm. getting to see the take, but like the redfish when it like, when it starts following and following and then it like squares up on it. Yeah. The, the gills flare, the fins yeah. go out and That's you're what just it's like, all about. it's on. Yeah. That's what makes it in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. It's all about the eat. Yeah. It's a very visual experience. Yeah. And like, I think, also, I think Joe, you and I were talking about this yesterday. It's such an interesting, like, relationship between guide and 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 angler because you're you have that moment where obviously you're on the polling deck, so you see better than the angler nine times out of ten, anyway. Yep. And so sometimes you're just like, you know, nine o'clock, thirty feet, and then it's like when you finally, as the angler, connect with that visual cue or sometimes you don't sometimes when you were calling them yet like the second day i was just like i'm just casting out of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that can I work for sure. you're like right there yeah that's strip good. strip got and, him yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um so that's a really interesting relationship that i was like i thought that was really new for me it's yeah. a it's a teamwork sport and you know our job as guides is to really try to minimize the variables that we can control which are the skiff um any kind of uh issues with wind you know depending on the the directionality of the angler if you're righty or right. lefty the wind the sun which way it's coming over you know you want the sun at your back you want the wind to be doing certain things depending on you know where you're seeing fish and whatnot and i think that you know matt and i we just try to minimize this variable so that y'all don't have to worry about that because those things can really mess up shots they can mess up um everything and so we can control certain things, but we can't control where the fly lands. We can't control how you strip the fly. We can't control right. um, how the fish behaves and reacts to the fly. There's a lot of things that we can't control, and so the, it's absolutely a team sport, and I think it requires um, very strong, cohesive you know, uh, relationships between the angler and the guide to, to maximize on a day like what we had on day two. I mean, that's... It was just a clear example that we had gelled big time. Yeah. Everybody. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, gelling. And then day three, we woke up early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got up for first light, um, which was great because we we're hoping to, you know, see more of those tailing fish. Um, I was with Mitch today and Chloe, you were with uh, Joel, Joel and Joe. And Joe. And I was with Matt again. And uh, how was your date, Chloe? We didn't really talk about that. It was great. We saw some big fish. It was tough. It was really clear in the first spot. And so it was like uh, Spring Creek fishing for 30-inch red fish, <laughs> which is hard. <laughs> you guys gunned out to where we were the first day, right, Joe? 
Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That was far. It was far. It was good, we though. It was cool. Because we the same place. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got some great breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about those Jalisco. breakfast tacos. Jalisco? Yeah. Man, those are tasty. Coffee's good, too. Jalisco's just a, a local. Great. It's definitely the Legend. local. Like, you just yeah. show up, yeah. and there's just a bunch of trailer trailered boats out front, and you're like, all yeah. right, this place is what's yeah. up. Yeah. So Jalisco has, well, they had a brick-and-mortar storefront that was the first restaurant i ever ate at in rockport and my friends every time we'd go fish they wanted to stop in here and get fajitas shrimp fajitas in particular and that storefront got ruined by the hurricane and so these guys took it to the trailer and they've been trailering it ever since and i was real excited to see the other day if you drive by you know on 35 and look off to your right as you're heading towards heb there's Jalisco and their storefronts about to be back in action which is going to be super badass Um, I mean, this is probably a good time to talk about Hurricane Harvey. Like, Matt, you all—I wasn't here. You weren't here, but you—it almost it kind of dissuaded you from. Yeah, my my wife and I were planning on um, being here a few weeks later, right? And um, man, and we just figured, you know, um, we'd wait. Um, (laughs) The community had so much to deal with, and um, I really admire everybody that. took part in in rebuilding and yeah i mean we've been learning about kind of like joe your rebuild and stuff and like was i mean the only thing that survived was your skiff (laughs) or your original skiff yeah i mean well this house you know we had a lot of damage there was um the roof came up and so we had you know rain and, and you know whatnot coming in from the top and then we had flooding from the bottom so it was just kind of a double whammy but um so that i landed in Rockport, right? The eye of... The eye of the hurricane came right through our area. Front here. yard, yeah. basically. Yeah, I mean, we got one side, and then Lamar got part of it. I Dang. mean, it's... it's uh, I, I don't know what the factual data point is, but it's. Um, I got word from people that are kind of tuned into that stuff um, locally that there was, like, somewhere around the order of 35 tornadoes in the eye of the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> as if a hurricane and isn't bad no. enough <laughs> yeah i mean it just it's a shit storm right it's yeah. uh when mm-hmm. that kind of thing rolls through you know i heard also uh just interesting stories about how all the water got sucked out of copano bay mm-hmm. and then and we were fishing copano bay today right? oh sure yeah we i mean we we were in there for a little period of time okay and, eh, we didn't really fish copano much but okay um that's wild though but yeah you know to see i can only imagine but to see that volume of water disappear and then to just come back in the form of a storm surge uh it's it's pretty pretty spectacular you know mm-hmm. um but yeah you know uh, had it not been for that chances are maybe we wouldn't all be sitting in the same room here and the resilience of the community be, is wild it's, like it's, yeah, yeah the, call it a blessing in disguise right the resilience of the community is awesome like i mean I've been to Florida a couple times and like seen hurricane damage there, but um, yeah, I mean like this community's clearly bounced back from something that's pretty awful. I watch a lot of football, you know, seeing everything that happened in Houston and having landed in Houston and connected to Corpus Christi. Um, it's hard to believe that all that devastation actually happened here. Do you think that had something to? I mean, it's hard to say, but like 
What did it do to the fishing industry around here? Did it do anything? It had to affect something somehow that you noticed, Joe? Maybe. Well, I think um, the folks that... I mean, a lot of boats got fucked up. <laughs> Without a doubt. There's, <laughs> yeah. by default, yes. Um, I don't know any statistics, but you could... I mean, I could paint the visuals. It's, it wasn't pretty. There was boats upside down, bent sideways, cracked holes this that the other entire boat sheds like down at cove harbor that were just completely demolished uh, so sad yeah it was it was, <laughs> it was you know but at the end of the day those are people's toys right i mean there's their homes and their shelter that the people need to you know live in and i think top priority around here was how do you um you know, get all the emergency supplies to this place, you know, clear the roadways, make sure that there's no more natural gas leaks, make sure that uh, power lines were lifted back up, the city had power, city had clean water, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, but once they figured out, like, how to get everything stabilized, uh, then you start to worry about the secondary things, you know, people's houses, um, people's boats, um, businesses, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, this town has bounced back, uh, very quickly in my opinion, although, you know, I've, I've only gone through one other natural disaster in my life in Colorado when a tornado hit my house, but what? yeah, uh, that's a whole different beer topic. <laughs> um, you've, been, you've lived through a tornado and a hurricane. Yeah. I was in the basement when and the tornado the hit my house. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a shit show. Um, so this is number two. The third one is I'm going to get struck by lightning, so it's good knowing you guys. Um, <laughs> Damn, no, but a tornado I, and a hurricane in the same yeah, time. But, you know, I, I mean, these things happen, and, and I think um, they're a good reminder that, you know, all those material items can be replaced, right? And I, my heart goes out to the guys in the Bahamas right now. You know, right. what Dorian did to certain areas of the Bahamas is, is, um, unlike anything I've ever seen before from a natural disaster. I mean, it's, uh, just gut wrenching. And, and those people, a lot of them, they don't have the financial wherewithal to bounce back as quickly. So like, I think they need other people's help. So that's my little plug, you know, having gone through something like this and having, right. uh, had a lot of help from friends and family and stuff to, to, you know, get our, um, homestead kind of put back together out here and, and be able to even convert it into what it is now with this fly fishing lodge. Um, and you know, it's, it's beautiful, man. Like, thank you. you. Like, looks great. It's been a hell of a lot of work. It's great. There's so much room that like, you can like cook here. You're close to restaurants. Like the sun sets behind the, no, the sun rises behind the house. Yeah. And it's like morning this, glow, morning glow. Mm. Oh, the light. Speaking of glow. That dinner was good. That dinner was good. Oh, oh, we had good dinner. Tonight. Pedro's. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it was delicious. Oh yeah, those jalapeno margaritas. Black drum, queso. So fresh. Oh yeah, the, the seafood's so fresh. Man. Okay, so day three, we wake up. It's super early. Um, tougher fishing today, right? Yeah, yeah, fish were in a different mood for sure. Yeah. yeah. A little more water. Yeah. So, you know, and and that'll happen um, as the wind turns around from. You know, it started out in the north. It kind of comes around to the east. Mm -hmm. uh, things start to fill back up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And they weren't tailing like we hoped they would, right? right. So we, we pulled around these 
super beautiful lakes and oh it was like oh i will say though it was dead calm oh man this is the first day with no off. wind it was, yeah. it was, it was like unbelievable it was like a mirror we totally were able to kind still. of take the shortcut put in a different ramp and just head straight across the bay dolphins again yep <clears throat> and cool. um but you know we were tripping over fish because they weren't tailing they weren't giving themselves away they weren't crashing bait um, and the water was, like you said, it was up, but it was also murky. Yep. Yeah, the tide brought in a little sediment, and that's pretty normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so, so we really needed that high. Yeah, and we were seeing fish, yep. but it was too late. Yeah. You know, they saw us before we saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, until about an hour and a half into the day, mm-hmm. and then it was like, aha, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> and Chloe, how'd you find today versus like day Because we w- didn't fish together. Yeah. yeah, it was tricky because it was... Um, some shots were kind of long and then some were really short and then some were like presentation shots um, Mm -hmm. like doing a clean presentation to the fish so it was a little bit harder but still a blast like still got some really good fish oh yeah some awesome fish so yeah I think it was cool I think you and I were talking about it it's such a different way of fishing in the sense that like you're when you're trout fishing bass fishing or whatever you're casting constantly right for the most part yeah like not constantly but you're actively in the motions of casting yeah whereas this you might not cast for 15 minutes you know like you're yeah that and that's a good day yeah and that's right right Mm -hmm. yeah so Uh, it's like you and like you said it might be a short shot or a long shot and it's like you all of a sudden you're like okay you're gotta be on you have to be on Mm -hmm. because yeah i think you mentioned today too matt you're going on about you know today especially the first look was the most important look. Yeah, we making that first it. cast count mm-hmm. was super important. Um, they were spooky enough to where the second and third shot just wasn't going to do it. Would you say this is like, I mean, it's a super health, healthy fishery. I, I like mm-hmm. the technical days personally. Yeah, I think today was sweet. fun because it was really challenging. Um, yesterday was just, I mean, everything that saw. I hit a fish in the head with a fly and it circled back and hit it. There you go. <laughs> it was like, I, I completely blew this cast and this fish was like, well, I'm going to eat it anyway. So yeah. Merry Christmas. Shrimp falling from so the sky. The, yeah. yeah. What is this? A shrimp Bam. patch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yesterday was an example of a day when we stuck, more fish on the fly than most people ever catch on bait in a day out here which is nothing short of incredible right so mm-hmm. and then you go to today which is was still a very good day in by the sense any that, regards in yeah, any regular so fishing absolutely day is a, and a great day and uh, but i really enjoyed today because it was um it was more technical like you guys said and um sometimes it was hot, the, today was hot. Yeah. It was hot. hot. The fish, the ones you have to work really hard for today. Like I watched Chloe paint this fish with flies today. And then finally it just all of a sudden flipped a switch, went bipolar into the mm-hmm. our favor and, and just crushed a fly after getting painted with shots. And it was like, that was so cool. You know, mm-hmm. I think that today was like a weird day in the sense that it was, there were still a lot of numbers of shots and stuff, but there were, the fish were really technical and like you said, you know, leader down to 12 pound, you know, mm-hmm. tippet section. And mm-hmm. um, that, that, like to Matt's point, I mean, that first shot is mission critical. And then one thing that I know Chloe was doing today that, that really started working was taking fewer false casts, you know, like getting those single pickup and single lay downs onto fish. Um, 
I don't know, we started connecting with them and it was like mm -hmm. the, the day just started to come together, but they were a lot more technical and they were a lot more fun in my opinion. I think that's, those are the ones you, you learn from and we get better as guides, y'all get better as, everybody gets mm -hmm. better as a team. It's just awesome. Yeah, cool. Today was Definitely. fun. For like people like, uh, I mean, now that I've uh, got a redfish trip under my belt, but uh, for like people like packing for a redfish or like in prep for redfish, what would you tell them to do? Like I'm like, I'm, I'm hanging out in Toronto, Ontario, let's say, and you're coming down to Texas to fish. Like, what should we, what are we expecting here? Like, what are we bringing? Yeah, in general. Because um, I have now. You got the setup. I got, I got, a, I got, a, I think I got it figured out. Yeah. But yeah, what would you? Tell oh, you me got to figure it out. In, in general, <laughs> um, you know, a nine foot eight weight rod. Yeah. Um, and I fish a bonefish line. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a couple of companies out there making a redfish line. Yep. Um, I think that's what Mitch was throwing at. Yeah, and it might have a different um, different temperature. Uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, uh, like threshold. Hardness. Yeah. Or what, yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, like the other morning when it was chilly out, um, the bonefish lines had some memory in them. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, um, yeah. I would say even this morning. Yeah. yeah. My yeah, line sure. definitely had a yeah, little bit. Memory. Yeah, um, And that'll happen, but I think... As far as the way it's balanced, that that's what I like to use. Yeah, um, they're kind of designed for quick shots. Yeah, um, and that's and we need a, a lot of those mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, although I will say, Joe, when I stuck that fish on your six weight, that was super yeah. Fun. yeah that was I, I I mean, Matt's <laughs> absolutely right. I think I think um, you know, there's some stuff you can do here to kind of get trick, if you will. Um, right, six weights are my favorite with redfish, but like. I like bonefish taper lines too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the heavier shooter shooting heads of, of uh, redfish lines because um, unless you're a really good caster and you can lay the line down really gently, um, that line slap on the water from a, a, a big belly oh, redfish yeah, like, taper, it's it's gonna it's gonna spook fish left and right. You know? On, so the on bone a day like today, oh, yeah, right. and and the bonefish lines, um, you can throw a tighter loop with them. In my opinion, in most cases, like you know. Um, they're just all around a really nice line for out here, even though everybody's throwing redfish lines, which, yeah, yeah. nice. Well, most of the year here, it's super hot. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like, um, my last day of the season last year was June 8th and it was like 106 heat index, Ooh. um, 96 yeah. air temp, but it was mm. humid and dead calm. And it was like Africa hot. Dang. Um, and even that bonefish line was getting sticky. Mm. Yeah. Africa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can get pretty hot down here. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, obviously, this fishery is very healthy. Is it a respected fishery? Like, I mean, there's slot limits. There seems to be, I mean, we saw a fish survey yeah. guy, biologist. Yeah, fish, wildlife, and parks. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were, they, like, uh, would you say that, like, it's... A supported fishery that has advocates and stuff or i think so there's yeah, um, yeah. i mean it has you guys definitely different yeah there's definitely different user groups yeah that have different opinions and that you find that in every fishery yeah uh, we we have that in montana in fact right. going on right now there's a huge deal um but i think for the most part um i think catch and release fishing is becoming more prevalently down here prevalent down here mm -hmm. um more people are coming down here with fly rods. It's more of a, you know, uh, an attraction, I guess, more of a destination. I don't see why you wouldn't. It was like amazing, mm -hmm. but anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, um, 
we're not opposed at all to keeping fish um, just within a you know reasonable uh, limit like uh, the afternoon right before right before you guys landed I went to pick you guys up um, Joe and I were out just behind the house here and uh, caught three slot fish and we fed six people, know, six people. Yeah, yeah it was great we had um, fish tacos fish on the grill one night and then fish tacos the next and, and that was plenty that was right? plenty was yeah. three fish yeah so um, yeah three fish fed six people yeah. two days right yeah it was phenomenal and, and I think that's absolutely reasonable mm-hmm. Plus, and one flounder yeah because we released like another bajillion yeah we did release <laughs> another bajillion which yeah. was great yeah. Um, but I, th- I think to, to answer your question, yeah. I think the fishery is um, really healthy, all things considered. I mean, God, we saw so many fish. I mean, just saw so much life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much life. Yeah. Like rays, dolphins. Chloe caught a crab mm-hmm. at one point. Well, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, what uh, were those cow nosed rays as well? Cow nosed rays. I mean, you, you guys saw the full gamut, right? It we really did. Like whooping cranes and, and ducks and you name it, other bird species. Oh, yeah, the whooping and crocodile. Were really cool. and, or not crocodile, sorry, alligator. Yeah. We start getting crocodiles here and then them. I'm not going to wait anymore, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, golly, yeah, all the different fish species you guys saw, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, I'd say a good example of all the, the diverse and rich, you know, uh, wildlife yeah, that we've got here. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm probably going to come back to Texas. Yes, yeah, Good. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I will. <laughs> you should. I will, definitely. Um, we're going to ask this question, everybody. What is your favorite part about fishing in Texas? Like, why Rockport? Like, what? I have my answer. Right. Like, I know I know why I like it so much. Um, but, yeah, what do you, th- what's like, Matt, what's, like, you're from here-ish. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Texan. And, like, um, you know, what? what and I, I love the fact that um, this area in particular is, is so accessible. Um, you can get a world-class flats fishing um, experience without having to go to Belize or the Bahamas or the Seychelles or um, any of these other destinations that, you know, might take you a week or so of time mm-hmm. and, and much more planning and, and money involved. Um, mm-hmm. It's a super affordable mm-hmm. place to come down. We've got hotels and VRBOs and the lodge and, I mean, yeah, Mitchell and I are saying this today. Like, it's like perfect for on. Well, I, I definitely for Ontarians because, like, if you're talking about traveling to fish, like, fucking salmon's closed right. in the East Coast. You could go do steelhead in the West Coast for sure, of course. Yeah, it's kind of like you're gonna travel for trout. That's kind of over. Yeah, there's nothing really happening in Ontario, really. Right. I mean, you guys like, came. Been, y'all like, came from about as far as anyone does here it was a hot was it and a yeah was it you can do a long or, weekend yeah. you could do a week you'd be that's happy right. yeah, yeah. Mm. um which is awesome i think that's yeah. that's really um a plus to this area mm-hmm. um i also like like we talked about earlier the the different environments that you find fish in here yeah um i really like fishing shallow water and we've got a lot of that. 
Um, and it's crazy how shallow the, sh- the skiffs can run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, right. pu- you guys pulled into some crazy. Joe, that first day I felt so bad, man. You were pulling so hard. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I was like, we don't have to work this. Right. We had a little <laughs> bit of wind. <laughs> just, you're just pulling straight in the wind. And you're like 20 feet. I'm like, ah, okay, here we go. And spook a fish. You're like, that's okay. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, so don't, okay. don't feel bad for me pulling into that wind. You're the ones that have to cast into it. You oh, know? man, I don't yeah. worry about that, man. And I was like. Fuck! If I spook another fish, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> just jump on a ray. You guys, y'all did, yeah. y'all did great. Y'all did great. Yeah. The wind is a weird one for us here. Um, you, you, you know, it's a, we have a love hate relationship with the wind on, especially the central mostly Texas coastline. Mostly hate. Mostly hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's really it, you. You cut your teeth on windy days, and mm. um, you know, some of the best days I've had on the water were in fairly heavy wind, you know, 20 mile an hour type windy days. And, um, you know, you, you, out here, I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, coming out to fish out of kayaks out here and you wouldn't ever want to go out on the, (laughs) excuse me, out on the water when it was gusting and stuff. And, um, you know, we draw the line at about 15, 20 mile an hour. Right. And with these pulling skiffs, like we can actually pull them, especially, ones that track very well like like matt's and mine we can we can we can pull these skiffs into conditions and and deal with the wind and and take the wind as much as we can out of the anglers you know worry spectrum to where um you know you can actually have a fairly productive day on the fly rod in in pretty heavy winds out here which is 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 really special and i mean matt nailed it like you you go duck behind trees or you know, you find mangroves, you, you do different things to, um, to, to kind of protect yourself from the wind on those days. And some people just call it off, you know, and I know as an angler that's gone and booked many guides across the world myself and fished all over the place with other guides, you know, I've always thought that it's important for a guide to draw the line and be pretty liberal when it comes to the weather and say, look, today's not going to work, but what I'm finding out more and more out here is that if you learn to deal with the, uh, the weather and try to minimize the weather impact on the angler, you can still have productive days out here just because the health of the fishery is pretty damn good. Yeah. So we we saw that. I mean, day one was granite wasn't super windy, but but we still got into, but we still, yeah. yeah, that's rad. Well, I think it's time for, Mitchie's Fishies 5. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that Mitch doesn't feel well because I know he yeah. loved to It's Mitchie's Fishies. What is Mitchie's right. Fishies? Oh, Joe, you don't listen oh. to the podcast. Oh, that was oh, a cool oh, way awkward. to learn yeah. about that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because Matt was, he thought that's the whole reason this came about. Let me pull up my Mitchie's Fishies 5 answer. <laughs> no. I'm just ready. kidding. <laughs> so, for the Matt, record, I will definitely be listening going forward, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, not to hear so myself talk. Cause Matt I, was a, the, the whole cool thing about this was like, Matt was a fan of the I'm podcast. I'm a longtime fan, yeah. Uh, Groupie. Yeah, and yeah. that's how this whole thing came about, which, like, th- first for, of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Podcast. yeah man second of all thanks for messaging us you know it's uh it's you guys are genuinely uh into fly fishing and you don't take yourselves too seriously well, and that's there's, for sure there's <laughs> no ego and and i nothing I, to have any ego about i like that man that <laughs> you know there's a lot of a lot of that going on these yeah. days yeah. so yeah it's, yeah it's nice. i don't know it was great it was it's always nice to like i think we were talking about this on the boat ride one 
some point today. Yeah. It's so fun going to, obviously fly fishing takes you to these amazing places like the Texas coast, you know, with like these long sunsets and dolphins jumping everywhere and stuff and, or it takes you to, um, you know, Montana or Northern Ontario. Um, but what it takes to where it also takes you is other people's lives. And that's what I've found that I'm starting to like most about all these trips is that, uh, is that you start meeting like-minded people and, and you start realizing that maybe the world isn't so big after all. We're all kind of connected through a, I don't know, similar mindset. You you spend time on the bow of a skiff with somebody else. Um, You're connected. It's even more extreme when it's two, but I know we did three on the boat. Like you become, you, you, by force almost, you become very good friends over that day, or you become horrible enemies, (laughs) which is also possible. (laughs) There's no no running away from each other. That's that's right. You're out in some remote environment and, um, you know, it actually, I think is, is one of the best opportunities to bond with people you can imagine. And you're not going to ever build relationships like you can build on a skiff in an office or, you know, at a movie theater, at a bar, restaurant, anything like that. Um, it's a, it's a special environment and Mm -hmm. it was cool to have that with you guys. Thanks man. It was great. Okay. So Joe, Mitchie's fishies five, uh, so what is this? It's, it's a segment. We always end the show with this segment, and it's that we ask all of our guests this, and it's our same. It's the same five questions, and I think Chloe, when I asked you these in Montana, I fucked them up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. so we're gonna redo them all because I think mine have even changed. So Matt's answers are prepared. No, I was just kidding. It starts off really easy. Uh, Mitchie's fishies one is what is your favorite fish? And why? Oh, Jesus. Anybody. Because I'm going to go redfish. Like, mine is right. completely Like, changed. right now, yeah. Wow. I don't know, man. Like, it's got to go. Like, Gas Bay was a really amazing trip for me. Like, wow. Atlantic salmon. So, it's a, it's probably a tie. But I don't know, man. The visual nature. Yeah. Although, I did see an Atlantic salmon eat my foot. But oh, the visual nature of the way you have to fish here. And seeing them take, and then seeing them like the take, the run, how stealthy you have to be, the approach, and everything. I think for me, like I might have to change. I'm this is the only one I'm gonna answer, and but I, because I think <laughs> I have to might change my answer to redfish because it really was exactly as fun and amazing as I thought it was gonna be. Plus ten. Nice. Yeah. I think my my favorite fish is probably a tie. I think. Redfish and bonefish, because of the similarities, um, super shallow water, just like you said, visual, the fish tail. Um, and a big thing for me, like, I, I of course, love an extreme challenge. You know, I've, I've fished permit and I've fished tarpon. But something about um, placing a fly, presenting a fly correctly to a fish and getting rewarded for that. And granted, today we had a few scenarios where, like, what what the hell did I do? What did I, what did I do wrong? Well, nothing. It was just the fish. But but typically, I think a bonefish and a redfish are agreeable. And um, I think a redfish is the ideal fish for a fly rod. I really do. 
Chloe, any updates to the answer? I think my last one was like the Yellowstone cutthroat. Yeah. Um, but since then, <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go. It's gonna. It's a close thing between redfish and muskie. Ooh. That's a nice. Muskie are just big and gnarly, and the nice. whole process is super gritty. Yeah. But then the redfish, yeah, I agree. It's like the perfect fish for the fly, and like seeing it all happen is pretty incredible. I like it when you have to work really hard for something. And yeah. Cool, Joe. What is your favorite fish, and why? I'm torn. Um, like Matt, for me, it's, I, I have a tie also. Um, I grew up largemouth fishing my entire childhood yes. in Florida. There you go. Yes. And I love yes. largemouth on a fly. And I'm like a... I'm oh, like those a, Floridian largemouth are crazy. Yeah, and, and I my entire childhood, you know, I never through flies at largemouth. I had um, a great uncle that used to come to my grandparents' pond. And, you know, the story was, you know, he would come and throw the fly rod at these largemouth. And we, you know, he'd stick double-digit largemouth on the fly. Double, not double-digit as in count, but, mm-hmm. you know, 10-plus pound largemouth on the fly rod. And, um, you know, for so I'm, I'm kind of like, very quickly um, clinging to that later in my life because I've done so much largemouth fishing on conventional tackle and um, the fly rod is so cool for those fish. But it's, you know, it's between that and Texas redfish. And I say Texas redfish because we have our own unique species of redfish in Texas. I'm very biased. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Louisiana, Louisiana. Anna fishing for redfish. <laughs> Shots fired. And Whoa. also, Damn. Damn. this is a friendly oh, ouch. Ouch. There's ouch. no harm Damn. done. Hey, their fish are bigger. Not everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Our redfish are not bigger. Louisiana is the redfish capital of the world, let's be honest. And um, it's spectacular. Uh, but it's very different, you know, and, and you're fishing very different water, and it's just not quite the same. And I'm not poo pooing it, I think it's, it's awesome. Um, and I'm going to go there at the end of this month with my dad. We're going to have a lot of fun targeting bull redfish with a, a friend of mine that guides out there. And um, Doing a redfish tour would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Carolina, yeah. Louisiana, and then end in Texas Yeah, or they're, something. Yeah. They're also different, you know, and you, I don't know if y'all fish redfish in Florida. They're different, you know, and so no, I haven't. what, what we sure. experienced today and well, the past three days here in Texas, um, very nice conditions and you know, you got to experience like some of, these re- yeah, yeah. some of these really wild yeah. fish, but I'd also some fish that. that were like super technical. And, and so you get like everything. And, and I, I really, again, I really, really like the technical Texas redfish, crystal clear water, you know, where you've got to go light tip it. You've got to gear down to a six weight. You've got to do things that, you know, most people might not even think about doing because it's not normal, but you want to feed these fish properly and get eats versus refusals. Um, I love that. And it's like fishing for big trout on a freestone river on dry flies that, mm-hmm. you know, you might be fishing seven X tippet, right. And mm-hmm. trying to catch a 30 inch rainbow. Like I've not successfully done because they always break off, but that's okay. Um, 
those kind of situations uh, are akin to this for me, and it's awesome. And so I don't know. It's a tie. I like bass and I like redfish. Yeah. Cool. 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 We're just all saying redfish because like we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it really is that amazing. It's, like it's exactly as amazing as I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. It was definitely a species that I've, I've always liked. Yeah, it's just pure fun. It's, it's just, just fun. It's just it's good fun. Yeah, that's a good best way of putting it. I think Mitch, like, we, were, we, were, we broke for lunch the second day, and, like, we had lunch together on the boats, and we were all just chilling out. And Mitch is like, I'm sitting here in my little fleece leggings, and the sun's <laughs> shining. And he's like, the, the, he's like, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun, you know? And it is. It's fun. Right. You see that take? It's it's super fun. Okay, Mitchie's fishies too. If you could fish anywhere in the world right now, uh, provided of course the conditions were like the best they could possibly be, where would you go and why? And it could be a place you've been to before or a bucket list type thing. Um, but yeah, where would you fish if you could fish anywhere right now? Mm-hmm. Who Anybody? wants it? Anybody? Anybody? I'll go. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got a soft place in my heart for the Bahamas. Okay. Um, there's places I've been, places I still want to go. The Bahamas is huge from one side to the other. And I just love the people there. I love the fish. Um, and yeah, I could go there on every fishing trip. I would really like to go fly fishing at uh, an island that I grew up on. For part of my childhood which is okinawa japan Whoa. and cool. I, i've cool i've now realized there are one if not several fly fishing guides in okinawa japan and that's a definite bucket list for me uh they target some really cool species there and okinawa okinawa what do they target oh, um, this could this could be this good rabbit hole really quick yeah, no, they, they have uh a lot of, I mean, it's a, an island out in the Pacific, right? So you get right. different types of trevally. You get right. um, uh, triggerfish. Uh, oh, you know, there's a lot of very unique species. I would like species. to go eat in Okinawa. Oh, yeah. Anthony Bourdain's episode on Okinawa is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that. Food there. It's like yeah. a whole different culture. It's awesome. Yeah. The um, mainland Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very, whole different, it's a it's, unique. They pride themselves as being... Okinawans. Okinawans. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Chloe? It's hard to answer this question when you're on a fly fishing trip. <laughs> oh, also you a good know. point. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'd still, I think I'd like to go back to Lac Seul in northern Ontario. What? And go hey. for those musky. Hey. The big ones. Um, but also like billfish keep popping up on my youtube feed somehow so i'd like to go for billfish somewhere at some point too billfish yeah Yeah. dang dang okay mitch's fish is three as we start slipping into the more existential questions uh what is your best fishing memory this doesn't have to be your biggest fish although it could be but what's just your best fishing memory whoever it feels like i'll just go first again best fishing memory your best fishing memory Holy yeah. crap. I know, there's a lot. There's this a might lot. need there's a, a new lot. drink. Hands down. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, drink wow. it up. Wow. <laughs> My 21st wow. birthday, um, I was trout fishing in Ennis, Montana on the Madison River. First of all, you know I've been to Ennis 
Yeah. And now I know somebody who lives I know. there. I love I know. Ennis, Montana. Friends. Everyone's <laughs> got to go to Ennis, Montana. Everyone. So best fish best fishing fish memory. Yeah. yeah. So if 21st birthday on the Madison River, I was with my dad and my grandfather. And God, this was you're one such a fly fishing guide. But anyway, of, go on. Yeah, well. <laughs> growing, <laughs> growing up in yeah. Madison. Madison. Yeah. Um, so it was, I think it's the last memory I have of fishing with my grandfather. Um, he's the one that got me into it along with my dad. And we all went our separate ways. We all caught fish and, you know, let's meet back at the truck at 1230. Um, so I, we come back to the truck and from a distance, my dad and I can see like a white flag and we're like, what's that? And, uh, so we get close to the truck and it, my grandfather's sitting there, um, with wet clothes and it's his cotton jockeys. (laughs) <laughs> uh, flying from the an- antenna of his uh, old GMC Yukon or Chevy you know, Tahoe, whatever, and uh, he had he had taken a fall, which you know he was bummed about because he was sort of realizing that he wasn't going to be able to wade the river too much longer. But uh, we cracked three Budweisers because that's what he always had on the river, and I've got this great picture of he and I cheersing mm. um, right there. At, on the river and that was my 21st birthday i caught a 21 inch brown trout that nice. day uh mm. on a dry fly because that's how you catch them that's just what you and do that's just what you do what's well, such a uh, nice memory so that stands out um and i've got a whole lot of amazing fishing memories i'm sure you do and that it's always there's the a, one there's always a knee-jerk memory though yeah mm-hmm. you know right yeah that's it that's a really sweet yep moment in time there Madison River with your grandpa. The Budweiser. That's good. That's good shit. Joe. So my favorite memory actively fishing or my favorite memory? It's just it's your it's your favorite fishing fishing memory. It could be like uh I don't know. It could be like we're coming home from fishing in the Texas shore Texas inshore. With these guys from Toronto, and you ran out of gas, and, <laughs> and we had to tow you, uh, uh, and then Mitch dropped the sunglasses in the water, and then he had to get them out of the water. Dance party. And we were blasting apple bottom jeans, and all the people at the dock were looking <laughs> at us weird. Fur. That might have been it. This might have set the bar today pretty high. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm torn, man. I mean, my memories just um, start to run wild when I try to answer that question. Uh, I've had some incredible memories with my dad and my my both my grandpas and um, I like that you guys you know it's, the feels yeah it's just it goes way back my we family have feelings um, yeah. you know I had a great grandpa as a commercial fisherman and uncle was a commercial fisherman and grandpa that was avid bass fisherman other grandpa was an avid bill fisherman so like I don't know I, I've been very fortunate to spend a lot of time with people that um, you know. Uh, are very passionate about this and i will say though i you know family aside those are my my most pronounced memories um those are my my loved ones and and they're the people that have influenced me the most but there's one memory that stands out to me and it's when um flip palette reached out to me to come out to this place here this little mm-hmm. boutique fishing lodge i'd like to say uh what were we talking about earlier might 
my dad's side of the family is from Bradenton, Florida, mm-hmm. and they have these T-shirts out in Anna Marie Island <laughs> that say, uh, a quaint drinking village with a small fishing problem, something of that mm-hmm. like. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So, you know, this is a boutique fishing lodge with a quaint fishing problem. <laughs> a, sm- a boutique fishing lodge with a quaint eating problem and a small fishing problem, something like that. Anyway, I'm having too many beers. Um, now I got a phone call and I talked to Flip Pallet on the phone that he wanted to come out here and um, potentially host a trip to this place. And I remember getting off the phone and like shaking. I was borderline hyperventilating. My wife looked at me and she's like, honey, are you okay? I said, nope. Nope, not at all. And that was after talking to him for like 45 minutes. You know, my immediate reaction to him, knee-jerk reaction was, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about this concept of hosting a trip here, but can I have your phone number? Let's talk on the phone. I don't want to do it over text. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just on the outside edge of being a millennial, so I don't want to... <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm, I, I was like, I'm going to talk to him on the phone one way or another. I don't care if he comes out here or not, just so I can talk to him and hear his voice. Is he the really... Does he sound the way he does on TV? Uh, no, anyway, after Flip came out and we had this event in the spring, um, it was incredible, and I got a chance to push him on the skiff, and he got up on the polling tower and pushed me for a little bit, and my heart missed a lot of beats that day. It was like um, nothing short of spectacular. We had a similar day on you that. You met a hero. You met a hero. I met a hero and somebody that like I grew up idolizing for my entire life and it's one connection away from another person I'd, I've, I've idolized my entire life, Jose Wehebe, um, who was, now I've learned, like his estranged son. And so he and his wife Diane, both their estranged son, which is really cool. Um, so I don't know, having that moment on the, on the skiff that day with Flip and him talking about Lefty Cray and we choked up a lot. I mean, we shed tears together. We had moments where Flip was cursing at Texas Redfish, just you know, for just the like same me. reasons yeah, we all same. did today. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but that was um, a, I don't know the most pronounced fishing memory I can ever imagine, um, and and I don't know. Hope to have many more of those with with uh, with him. Yeah. I think you're gonna be somebody's hero one day, Joe, if you're not already. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we need to host more kids out here. You know, that's that's on my short list of things to do. I love that. Um, yeah. You know, because everybody idolizes somebody, right? And so, like, I grew up idolizing people. Matt grew up idolizing people. We all did. Yeah, you for guys sure. did. So I think, you know, I've had a few occasions out here where, you know, close friends have brought kids on the skiff. Or in the case of my good friend Chuck Holloway, he had his four-year-old son on the skiff for a tournament for an entire day. Um, I feel like it's, uh, it's in our DNA to do, uh, you know, more outings with kids on the water and, and, uh, try to motivate kids to get into the sport at an earlier age. Cause we all were very fortunate to mm-hmm. have those experiences mm-hmm. and, um, here we are. But I think that, um, that's just on my short list of things to do. I think, um, there's going to be a lot more kids coming out here. You know, we'll get chaperones. We'll, we'll do some fly fishing events out here and mm-hmm. try to cultivate their passion for this stuff at a, at a very young age, you know. That's rad. No. Yeah. My turn. Yeah. 
Oof, those are hard ones to follow. Um, I think my the one that stands out to me, like that jumps out the the hardest, is um, earlier this summer I was musky fishing, and I ended up staying an extra day, and I had to work that day. <laughs> um, ended up staying an extra day, and we got up super early, launched the boat at like 4:45. <laughs> We're fishing Play around. Musky? Yeah, it was weird. Um, it was like a weird storm, stormy weekend too. Okay. Um, so we launched the boat, <laughs> and then we're fishing, and we moved a lot of fish that morning actually. And right around like five thirty, I did, I had to be in my truck by six to make it back to work by nine. <laughs> so we're um, trolling around, and all of a sudden I'm hooked into a tiger muskie and couldn't see anything. It was pretty much dark out still. So just fighting it and getting it in to the side of the boat. We didn't have a net, um, but we had the little like grabber plier things out to grab it. And oh yeah, like the it, like not Yeah, like a lipper, not a boga grip, but like yeah. something else. <laughs> and we had that out and I was, I had this fish on and I could see it and it was at the side of the boat and it was leadered and everything. And I think I, put too much pressure on it like it tried to run and I think I like did something to it but I also just think that it spit the hook like at my feet yeah you caught that fish yeah I think so that's what everyone says that counts <laughs> the fish was um, but I literally and it was a tiger muskie of all things in Montana <laughs> we bow down the to the lord Chloe but I yeah, watched is, a tiger muskie in Montana that is a yeah that's impressive well I just I watched that fish swim off into the darkness and I like swear to god I like blacked out. <laughs> well it was like every at work. Well it was like every emotion like went with the fish. Like right. all the stress I had or all the like whatever was going on was like with the fish. Oh. And then they dropped me off at my truck and I got in the car and I started bawling. Like, as soon as I shut my truck door, I couldn't stop crying. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Because there's not many anglers in the world that have caught a tiger <laughs> muskie on the fly rod. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Thanks. In Montana. Sanity. In, especially in Montana. Yeah. Um, but that was a, that's a... Yeah. It was cool, and I was had to drive cathartic. home. It was, it was like, super cathartic. It yeah. was, like, insane. And I, I'd always do this thing where I'd try to navigate without like google maps or whatever and so i was trying to find my way home and i was in the middle of nowhere and i was crying and i kept taking wrong turns and ending up on like these ranches and i was like fuck i gotta get my shit together right now or i'm gonna run out of gas and be late for work and i made it back to work on time and i like went straight in and just walked in and was like shaking and like <laughs> okay sorry give me a yerba mate sorry yeah i i think i slammed like three of them that morning just trying to like <laughs> level myself out but that was crazy. And then it was funny because it was great because the friend that I was with was incredible. And he was like, that counts. Like, that fucking counts. Hell and yeah. he, like, apparently called a bunch of people <laughs> because I was standing in line at Mark's in and out in Livingston at lunch that day. And two people came up to me and were like, you got a muskie this morning? And I was like, did I? I guess. <laughs> and then we went to this, like, I don't know, um, I blacked out. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then we went to this, like, show at Life from the Divide in Bozeman, and, and he was at that show, too, and he, like, told everyone before I walked in, and 
well, he was just, like, talking to people, and it was funny to, like, walk into it and just have everyone else really stoked, and, yeah, that was crazy. And then I went great back, like, a few days later and like a rock almost star. died, so, yeah. <laughs> but it was just really, it was nice to accomplish that, I guess. Yeah, you caught that fish. Thanks. <laughs> You're so supportive, man, like, on the yeah. boat. That's, like, oh, that's your fish, dude. That, you got that. You got what? that? I mean, fish was caught? I mean, you, do you need a picture of it? No, I mean, that's. I mean, well, it's nice. Uh, yeah, right. Mm. It's nice, but, right. But you got that fish. Exactly. You caught him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fed oh. it. I mean, I think it. It ends at the feet, in my opinion. Like that's that's a win right there. Yeah. It, the fish was fooled. Yeah. Okay, Mitch, Mitchie's fish is four. Why do you fly fish? Why fly fish at all? Because I get bored of throwing bait, meat harvesting fish, and sight fishing on conventional because it was not as challenging as fly fishing. I like that. <laughs> Sorry, that was a pretty direct answer. <laughs> no, 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 that was direct. It was good. The last one, you know, it was a very romantic answer. This one was okay. very pragmatic. It's great, man. I'm, I'm done. I'm off the hook for that one. Damn it. Fuck you. I'm like, shit, Joe. Sorry, I'm a little bitter, but no, uh, that's... No, it's good. The challenge. Honestly, the challenge. Yeah. The challenge. You, by the time you get bored with all the other ways of catching fish, you might as well up the game and make it really technical and handicap yourself for the hopes that um, it works. And, and when it works, it's, it's you know, very sensational. Awesome. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Matt... Did it for the gram. <laughs> I did it for the gram. Uh, I don't know why I f- fly fish. Um, it's always been one of the only things I could do all day. Uh, I, I I grew up, I'm pretty ADD. Not necessarily hyper. Never yeah, really gonna, been I hyper. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't yeah. know if I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, but like, this is me excited. <laughs> um, oh, what chicken? <laughs> uh, but attention wise um man i i could from day one like you know seven eight years old um i could do it all day long and i think you're with like a lot of things uh it allows you to be in the moment um and i mean most places you fly fish are incredible uh environments and, and settings and um Man, I, I, I can remember just hoping baseball season ended early so I could go to Montana Fuck, we and made fish the a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Should I throw the game? Yeah. <laughs> throw in the game. I threw the game so I could go trout fishing. <laughs> just that, kidding. That's a good story, though. But anyway, if it was. Little good. League scandal. Little League scandal. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I walked home the losing run. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Chloe? I think growing up in a place like Bozeman, that's like something that you do or dabble in at some point. And it was one of the things that stuck. Do you think there's people in Montana that are like, fuck fly fishing, I fucking hate Yeah. You. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, I can't believe I was born in Montana. So lame. Yeah. yeah. That sucks for them. Right. <laughs> they're, they're really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's kids that like hate skiing, hate fly fishing, hate hunting. It's usually in places like Ennis. Yeah, or Livingston. Like, I guess because it's so saturated. Maybe. 
Or like their parents did, and they're like, fuck you, mom and dad. I ain't going <laughs> to fucking know fucking 12. Fucking Boy, I remember the first time I fished with a bass guide in Texas, he called fly fishing fairy sticking. I was like, that's not yeah. cool. That is I not cool that. at all. There's, there's so many levels where that's oh, it not pissed cool. Me off. It infuriated me. And yeah. I was like, that is not fucking cool at all. Not you cool. know, yeah. and little did he know. But anyway, but but yeah. to your point though, like, so the people in Montana, where are they? Why do they not like fly fishing? I think they just don't like it. I think um, people. I think there's parts of Montana that are not as, or people in Montana that are not super into the outdoors. Like the stereotype is the hyper outdoors, outdoorsy yeah. person, and I think that is a strong majority, but. Yeah, I'll start us on a tangent here. Sorry, sorry. No, why, do you, why do you fly fish? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> growing up in Bozeman, it's just something you're exposed to and do all the time. Um, and I started fly fishing in high school because I had friends that were doing it. So I was like, oh, I should, I should do this. Fly on school. Um, you know, you watch River Runs through it a hundred times, and you think you got it. And then um, my mom and james started dating and that was really convenient great timing james <laughs> incredible uh james anderson which of course yeah is from yellowstone angler of course. Yeah. <laughs> um and so he's been a really great influence and really helpful to have as like you know like a father figure and a fishing mentor um and then i started working in the shop and that was great and i don't think it was until super recently that i was like oh this is like kind of what i do for a living nice <laughs> like like how did i get here you know right. um and so i think it's just incredible um it's an incredible sport you get outside it can be super hard or it can be pretty easy like it's just kind of what you make it one day to the next yeah yeah you get to explore sweet places and like really interact with the ecosystems and and the people yeah when you do it okay the last question my favorite question uh because a little more lighthearted. uh if you were a fly, what would you be? What describes you as a fly pattern? You still gave the best. Chloe, I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, you, you're by far my favorite answer ever, which was the... Bitch Creek. <laughs> I love that. Wait, why? <laughs> There's a story behind this. Well, that's a fly, right? And I think when you guys were here last year, I had just finished doing fly inventory at the shop. <laughs> You're mad so crusty. I, yeah, I was like, I knew all the flies <laughs> at that point, so I like was fresh. Um, but I also just thought it was funny. Yeah, I was like, yeah. bitch Greek. Yep. <laughs> Sassy answer. Uh, butt monkey. No, Ooh, good one. Really. <laughs> I, mean, you took my other I have one. a couple. It's a great streamer. It's a great sure. streamer, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, I, I actually, actually don't no, streamer were, fish much. Those were great in Ontario. Nice. Yeah. They're, they're a good trout fly um, on a floating line on Madison, for mm -hmm. sure, in October. Yeah. Um, no, I'd say my favorite fly is... Uh, my favorite fly. Oh, if I am if a fly. you were a fly, yeah. Oh, chubby Chernobyl. Yeah. Tell us more, Matt. Like, and I'll tell you what. Though, or size. So... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Two. <laughs> uh, oh. Um, from the, th the third, uh, fourth, you know, yeah, late June 
through September, I pretty much that's when you always fish one. Right. And I've also caught uh, maybe obscure species on Chubby Chernobyl. Like what? Uh, Like a bonefish. Um, Really? And a redfish. A a redfish surprises me less, but still cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I... It's uh, same with San Juan worm, but I, you know, I don't put that on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's going on. Don't let people know I fish the San Juan worm. Behind Just a chubby. Kidding. Yeah, right. It's got to yeah. be under the chubby. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just chubby squirmy drop. Yeah. 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 Chubby and a worm. <laughs> September. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So. No, I love that answer. Chubby. Great. Yeah. It's first foam fly answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. Good fly. I think Sweet. the first foam fly answer yeah. for sure. Joe. Chubby. Ah, uh, all right. If you were a fly, what would you be? Well, uh, let me think this through. If I was a fly, I'd want to be a fly that got crushed because I don't want to be a fly that lives a, you know, um, a life after getting parts of me mutilated. This is going to sound pretty morbid. Mm. But I want to be a fly that has a quick death, i.e., the Blue Lagoon Blue Crab Fly, as Chloe experienced today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did kind of get blown. That fly is really unique. And I have to sh- throw a shameless plug in for a very good friend of mine. Plug that, away, my friend. That, that ties it. Um, so Chuck Holloway ties that fly out of corpus, and he is, a, a, by all sense of the imagination, a master fly tire and a very, very close friend of mine. Um, you know, so we've been working on this one fly for a little while now. And... Um, we pass around ideas and, you know, he'll make some design iterations and I'll come up with some feedback or whatever. And this has gone through a lot of different, um, rounds of, of, of prototypes. But anyway, the, the version that we use now is, um, a fly that'll catch every inchworth species in Texas. And it's the only fly I've ever seen that'll do that. We've caught flounder on it. We've caught redfish on it. We've caught, you know, sheep's head on it. We've caught black drum on it. We've caught, um, ladyfish on it, everything. They, they will all eat this fly and it's really odd. Um, I've never seen another fly that does I mean, that. Chloe, I don't think you changed from this fly at all. I didn't. I just used like a more weighted version at one point, but it was the same fly the whole yeah. time. So if I want to be a fly, nobody wants to be a fly with the types of crushers that a redfish has in the back of its throat. But if you're going to be a fly... More like a personality, but yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be the fly that gets like, you know, <laughs> half your body ripped off and then you're still a fly. You, you, you know, let's just go out strong, right? So yeah. you might as well be a blue lagoon blue crab fly because they kill that fly. And it's, and it's and awesome. And you are blue lagoon launch. And That's I awesome. It's a yeah. great answer. That's but it's a, it's a good shameless yeah. plug for Chuck too. I mean, he's um, tied some really cool flies for us here. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, guys, you know, it's been a fucking awesome long weekend. It's been a year in the making almost. Yeah, just about. So uh, I, had, I had an awesome three days yeah. and Chloe was so great to okay. reconnect yeah, after so a good. year of not seeing each other. Um, that alone was really special. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna just go around the table and we're gonna do this. Uh, Joe, how do people book Blue Lagoon Lodge? Where can people find you on Instagram? Um, shameless plug time, now's the time. BlueLagoonRockport.com is the website. Find me on Instagram, JDR Productions, or Blue Lagoon Fly Lodge Rockport. You can also 
Call me, 512-665-3316. Damn! For a good time. Please don't put me on... Cast in the net. Please don't put me on call list. But yeah, 512-665-3316. You heard it. bots are listening to this, you know? There's no promises. I'm scared. But we'll put your contact info in our show notes for sure. Um, I'm old school. Just call me. We'll I talk. love that. I love that. Matt, where, how can people book you? Where, they can, where can they find you? Because they can find you here, but they can also find you in Montana. That's right. All over the place. Uh, Dodsonflyfishing.com. Okay. Um, that website is geared towards my Texas business, um, but it's all the same contact information. So how do Montana. people find your Montana business then? Oh, the, I mean, the same way. Well, but. you, you got to go down um, the Third Street alleyway. <laughs> Make a talk left. to a guy named Bill. <laughs> you, you have to sit on the third stool at the gravel bar. Yeah, oh, spin around twice <laughs> and order two Lone Stars <laughs> and play. All my exes live in Texas on the jukebox. And then you and rub your butt, yeah. Yeah. left butt cheek. No, uh, my Montana business honestly has always just grown um, organically, word okay, of cool. mouth and refer- uh, referrals. Um, but yeah, Matt at DodsonFlyFishing.com is my email address. And I'm in Montana um, from June through 1st of October, mm-hmm. uh, maybe mid-October, mm-hmm. and then um, in Rockport, um, guiding fall and spring. That's trips. awesome. Yeah. Um, Joe, you're a great guide as well um, and uh, proprietor of this lodge. So th- again, thanks for having us down. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly recommend people to come down here. This is a good time, a really good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, you're a great guide, and I'm sure you're great in a behind two oars as you are thanks. on a pole. Uh, that's under <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am. (laughs) Mom always told me I'd end up on the pole. (laughs) Um, uh, 21 feet, actually. Um, That was a stripping reference. But anyway, uh, Chloe is a very talented um, author, uh, writer, blogger, photographer. Um, Chloe, where can people find your work? And also, where can they find you in in Montana? Because you work at a fly shop, Mm -hmm. and you're starting to guide as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... um, you know, for the photography and writing stuff, just ChloeNostrant.com or Instagram at ChloeNostrant. Um, pretty straightforward. And then uh, YellowstoneAngler.com for the fishing stuff um, or just come into the shop in Livingston. We're about, uh, well, by the time this airs, we'll probably have a new five-weight shootout um, up. Uh, quickly touch on that. Uh, yes. This is like one of Joe's favorite things <laughs> yeah. and one of my favorite things. You review like... 30 rods every yeah. year of different weight class every year. Right. Sometimes it's a four-weight shootout. Last mm-hmm. year was four-weight shootout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing the five-weight shootout right now. Yeah, so right now we're in the middle of the five-weight shootout. We're kind of on the tail end of the testing. So now we'll be doing the individual write-ups and rankings. And then we'll have um, some new five-weight rods. Um, there's some really good stuff out there on the market right now that just came out like in the last year. So it's really exciting to see everything. And a lot of really good rods were retired also. Um, So Mm. it's interesting to see what's kind of taking the places and how things fall. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's that's it for me for SoFly stuff. I mean, you can find everything at SoFly.ca. We're going to have pictures. We're going to have some videos uh, from this trip coming up uh, shortly. Um, Again, I wanted to give a big shout out to... 
Of course, everybody in this room, uh, Chloe, thanks for coming down. Chloe's been working on some articles about this trip. Matt, thanks for contacting us and having us down. Joe, thanks for being a fantastic host. Your lodge is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's a great, I I love that you called it a lodge. It's not what you think about when you hear the word lodge. Uh, What I mean by that is like the classical sense of a fishing lodge, but I think obviously as the world is evolving into a different place in terms of like how to book and stay at places. It's a, it's a very modern mm-hmm. approach to a fishing lodge and I think you've nailed it on the head. It's awesome. It's awesome. on the water. Yeah, definitely. It's comfortable. It has everything you need. Wi-Fi, TVs, a lot of space, access to water, restaurants and everything. It's amazing. You nailed it. Yeah. Super awesome. I do want to thank out, and he's passed out on the couch right now and I can look at him kind of Joel, Joel works his ass off. Uh, he's been on a few trips now with us, and he produces some amazing photos. And uh, mm-hmm. and and we got him on some red. Or you guys, sorry, you guys got him on some redfish. And uh, I do want to shout out Joel. Uh, again, you can find our stuff at SoFly.ca. We're at the SoFly Crew on Instagram, and uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Rate us, please. God, rate us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we've been getting a lot of ratings lately, and uh, that's great. Uh, it helps us out. Um, any questions, comments, and concerns, we're uh, the SoFly crew at gmail.com or ideas. Uh, I mean, we're up for any random idea and, uh, and getting getting random emails like, you know, yours, Matt. Yeah. Was how amazing things happen. And, and thank you for coming out. Um, oh, me, man. It we means could, a lot. Pleasure's all ours. Uh, all, all y'all are <laughs> extremely talented oh, in what you do. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me. That's my new favorite saying. Yeah. Oh, me. Oh, um, me. <laughs> and I, I'm just stoked to be like real life friends now because I, I feel like I've, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Uh, listening to your podcast and then, and you know, communicating via email and um, I'm psyched to have a bunch of new fishing buddies. Same. So. It's going to be awesome yeah. to roll up in Montana with two. Yeah. Super exciting. Oh, man. Yeah. Party awesome. down. And now we've got roll two Tide. Te- roll Tide. We've got two Texas friends. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.